Hey, what is up, designers, and welcome back to the Surviving the Cancel podcast. Um, today is, I believe, the night of day 65. And uh, right now, I'm not actually recording a traditional podcast. So, what's going on is that right now, I'm actually recording live. You know, I'm going live on this new format that I'm testing out called Surviving the Cancel Live. And essentially, what Surviving the Cancel Live is, is um, basically, I go live. Uh, I'm testing out this new format. I don't know if I'll keep it or not. It depends on the engagement. But um, basically, what's going to happen is I'm going to go live uh, every single night at 10 p.m. Pacific time just to kind of talk and engage with the audience of the podcast so I can get to learn, you know, who you all are, your personalities, your wants and desires from this podcast. And so I can collect some of your, you know, unpopular opinions and your thoughts and views about the world. Essentially, what Surviving the Cancel Live is, is I want to have conversations with you all. And when I have these conversations with you all, I'll, you know, finish recording. We'll do a live at 10 p.m. every night, have cool conversations, and I'll be able to take those cool conversations and actually upload what we spoke about to the podcast episode. On this format, Surviving the Cancel Live, it's not only a live chat at the bottom of the screen, but you'll be, be you know, be able to call into the show Um comment you know live at the bottom but also call into the show and have a real live discussion with me like i said that'll be uploaded to the podcast and so if you want to be part of surviving the cancel live 10 p.m pacific time every single night this is what i'm testing out this is what i'm going to do look in the most recent podcast episode look in the description of that episode and there'll be a link to the live you just press that link at 10 p.m pacific time every single night and you can go live and talk to me because this hasn't really been promoted like that, no one's in the live right now, and so I'm going to kind of make a quick informal podcast episode and upload this in the podcast later. So basically what I want to talk about tonight with the podcast is um, something that I probably covered briefly in prior episodes. I don't really remember what I talk about on this podcast, other than the, you know, the general idea of the topic, but I don't, don't really remember how granular like it with the details. But what I want to talk about a lot is uh, how your surroundings you know, to a degree that I think most people right off truly define how it is that you think and who you are. You know, uh, I touched a little bit about this on the last podcast episode. And I talked about how the variables of your surroundings actually, you know, contribute to your happiness. Your happiness is assembly of variables that are, are outside of yourself to them, you know, for the most part. And so your environment might include something like one of those variables might include like the season that you're in. Because of the season that you're in, like a lot of my homies back in Maryland, my friends, family, and all that, they might be experiencing a lot of depression because the season that they're in, uh, winter, uh, has a lack of sunshine, a lack of social, you know, socialization. And because of that, they're not getting a lot of vitamin D and a lot of nutrients their, their brain needs to sustain actual joy and happiness. Um, also, your work environment, your home environment, things like that all contribute to how it is that you yourself are feel, you know, is feeling. But I think what I want to discuss uh in this particular episode is how much the variable of your literal surroundings can affect what you think is possible. You know, you probably feel like, you know, uh, you know, I was talking on the phone with my father the other day. I just want to tell her, you know, just kind of get right into this because I don't intend on being on live all day today because this is kind of like a test episode. But I was talking on my phone the other on, on, on the phone the other day on my birthday, actually, with my father. I turned 24. Happy birthday to me. And we were talking about how, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about, he said, he asked me, what is your favorite part of being in LA? That's what he's talking about. What's the favorite difference between LA and Maryland? 
and I thought for a little bit, I'm like, man, what was, what's the difference between LA and Maryland? I mean, the first thing I thought was, um, you know, the climate, obviously, uh, which the climate is, it's different. It's not better. It's different. Um, it is beautiful, though. Uh, you know, the sights and, and, and things like that. But, you know, upon investing a little further thought into it, I really came up with a real answer that I couldn't really defy and, you know, weasel my way around. It was the answer that was the most obvious and that was the most consistent throughout all the memory, the fond memories that I had of this place. And most of those fond memories, if I really collect them all, would be something like pulling up into a drive through the Starbucks or pulling up into like a McDonald's or, or, or you know, just passing by a random stranger on the street or in the mall. And, the, you know, because of that assembly of memories, you know, I can only say that my favorite thing about Los Angeles is the people. It's the people in Los Angeles. And, you know, I don't know what it is about them, but they just have such a vibrance and excitement and, and a love about them that really wasn't something that I experienced back in my hometown in Baltimore, Maryland. And I say like these collection of memories that I'm talking about is like, you know, for instance, one time I was pulling through a Starbucks drive through and just having a conversation with the lady at the Starbucks drive through me and my girlfriend having a conversation with this lady, like we were compelled to tip her because the service was that good. It's not just the service, but the human the human aspect of it, like the, the humanity of the conversation, the way she cared and, and the way she, you know, associated with this and the way she showed, I don't know, there was just a real true interfacing. You know, you go into society, you go into life and in many places you will meet a bunch of people and those people will never meet you. And the reason is because while you're talking to them, you can see like in the back of their mind, they're replaying like their own life, their their own considerations or what they need or what they want. And they're waiting to reply. They're not really here with you, present with you, listening to what you're saying. And that's one of the biggest differences between where we are now and back home. Like this lady at the drive-thru, like in many of these drive-thrus will literally look at you and feel you and listen to what you're saying and, and take you in in a real in, in in a real and authentic way. Like these people here are alive and they're happy and they're joyful and they're, you know, they're telling jokes like, you know, uh, I mean, she, my girlfriend was like, hey, can we get a, a lemon cake? Uh, and she was like, yeah, man, I can tell 24 of them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, let me check if I got them. We got 24 of them. You want, you want all 24? Like, you know, telling jokes, being being personable. You know, the people that live in this state have a different type of vibe and a different type of energy. They're more happy. They're more upbeat. They're more carefree than anybody, you know, than any group of people I've met in my life. And that's one of the things I enjoy about this place a lot, just the happiness you know, the possibility, the hope of this place. And so that brings me to the overall point of this live episode, which if you want to be part of these lives, if you want your conversation uh, recorded and uploaded to the podcast, it's 10 p.m. Pacific time every single day starting March 17th, which is today. So from now into forever, come and join me live. And I want you to talk to me on Surviving the Cancel Live. Uh, I'm like, We can have like crazy, deep, late night conversations about anything. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously, you know, there'll probably be some limitations, some, you know, because we, <laughs> you don't want to just be absolutely crazy and you don't want to be negative. You don't want to hop on the show and be like, ah, fuck so-and-so like, but you know, barring all that, pretty much anything, you know, uh, let's have some fascinating conversations. But what I'm saying is I remember growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, which, you know, looking back on it, Baltimore, Maryland is kind of like a small town, like it's kind of rural, which until I got over here, it felt like the biggest place in the world and that the population was so packed in. But, you know, looking back on it, everybody kind of knows each other. But growing up in Maryland, man, like it's like, you know, it's like a farm town almost like looking like really looking at it. It's like a farm town. It's like a country town. But but 
but everybody there, they carry like a weight on their shoulders. You know, they kind of got like a heavy, bogged down, dense personality. Like not, not many people are joyous. Not many people are happy. A lot of people that you'll interface with on the streets of Baltimore, Maryland, you know, they got like a chip on their shoulder. They got a roughness about them. They don't got no joy about them. They won't, they won't like, you know, they won't crack jokes with you. They won't do you a favor. They won't help you if you're on the side of the road with tire pops. The people there are kind of rugged in a way, uh, which is cool. But, you know, uh, you know, I think there's, you know, there are cooler things to be. Um, but comparatively, when I move over here, you know, for the first time, I experienced a lot of people that were like the way that I described earlier. And I think the reason for that is that a lot of people that live in Baltimore, you know, they grew up with 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 limited possibilities. You grew up in Baltimore. What do you see around you? You see poor. You see poverty. You see struggle. You see the heights of wealth is like, you know. Oh, I got this townhouse in, you know, you know, the rural part of town, which is still not even too magnificent. Like living back home, you won't even see like you won't see like many. Uh, what do you call them? You won't see many like super ultra modern homes. You won't see any luxury homes. I didn't see a luxury home to the first time I got over here. Everyone back in the home city drives a two door Honda Civic Coupe. You know, they got a few bangs on it and a hubcaps, you know, uh, it's not a very glamorous lifestyle. And everybody in Baltimore, you know, they grow up and the people that they aspire to be are so far away. The role models that they have are so far away. And so they're funneled into, you know, a disbelief about the overall, of their, their overall ability to achieve. You know, so a lot of people, they grow up thinking their best shot at life is, is you know, um, you know, oh, get this job as a nurse or get this job as a you know, as uh, an electrician and I make six figures and that's like the height, that's like the pinnacle. You know, you won't even believe, uh, you know, the, you know the, the possibility that you can be somebody, that you could be a superstar, that you could be worldwide famous, that you could be super ultra rich, that you could have a big business. It's like, you don't know anybody like that. And so that really dictates how you, you know, how you aspire. You know, I remember when I was younger, uh, well, really two years ago, um, I hopped on the phone with this one guy from Florida. I think he was living in Palm Beach. Is he runs the wealth count on Instagram. His name is John Adams. And he was like, yeah, man, I get on the phone every day and I close these billionaires and I make multiple tens of thousands per day. And I'm like, there's no way that's possible. Like you make tens of thousands per day. And so just hearing his account, like it really opened the door for me. Like it, it, it showed me it was possible. He broke the four minute mile for me. Like I know someone that can do this. Maybe I can do it too. Which subsequently led to me two weeks later hopping on the phone with somebody and closing my first four figure deal as a ghostwriter. You know, I was like scared and embarrassed, you know, to ask for this four figure deal. And I was like, okay, well, the, the you know, we, I got on a sales call and then got to the end of it. I was like, okay, the service cost a thousand dollars. And the lady was like, okay, sure. She didn't even care. And I remember going home that day and going to my friend's house, Rashad, and just telling him like, bro, you know something that I just realized? I've been scared all my life to ask for like four figure sales to ask for, or, or, you know, even posting like a landing page with a course that costs $200. I've been scared to ask for that type of money, but I think that money is only a significant amount to us because we're poor. And he was like, man, I, I really never thought of that, but that's kind of true, you know, because this lady was making like $10,000 or $20,000 a month. You know, she was making a lot of money per month and, you know, this might've been a lot to me, but it was nothing to her. She could literally just throw this money out the window. And I remember hopping on the next sales call like a few days later, maybe a week later, this guy named Johnny. And I'm like, uh, so getting to the end of the phone call again, just to make sure this isn't a gimmick, it'll be a thousand dollars. And like, okay, sure. That's cool. And that series of moments, which was in uh, November of 2019, 
really opened my mind to uh, how vast the perceptions of people in different circumstances are. And it was all, you know, um, spawned, you know, this belief and this desire to aspire was all spawned by an instance where I actually met somebody that was making that type of money, that was on the phone, selling billionaires, that had a had an empire. Like I've seen all these different people, from, even before that, Russell Brunson, Stephen Larson, making million dollar days online. But it was something different about really experiencing it for the first time and seeing it with my own eyes, seeing what success looked like. And, um, you know, Russell Brunson tells this story, man, about how, you know, Alfred Bannister was the first person to break the four minute mile. And Alfred Bannister, you know, he he was like he he strived like for years and years and years and all this different time. Like he would train as hard. Like people thought the four minute mile was scientifically impossible. And he was training all his life just to, to make this impossible moment to beat this. And one day he finally did it. And uh, subsequently what happened after that was that, you know, a bunch of pretty much kids were able to, um, like kids in high school nowadays are breaking the four minute mile. The moment that he showed that it was possible, which it took centuries and centuries and centuries of human, you know, of uh, human um, development and devotion to this goal. You know, suddenly the moment he broke it, People are able to like like kids are able to break this like easily without really even trying. Like obviously put an effort, obviously try, but kids are literally like, you know, doing what was you know before scientifically impossible. You know, even Russell Brunson recounts his story of his own breaking his own four minute mile when he's seen uh, some guy I don't remember who it was. I believe it was Jeff Walker uh, break the million dollar day, and when he saw that he started fasting over and over and over and over, and over again, and then once again. Uh, a lot of people are making million, a million dollar in a single day on a launch. Like it's pretty common, or even a million in a funnel. There are a thousand two comma club of winners that have the two comma club award from Cliff Funnels that made a million in a funnel. Like they broke the four minute mile. People are doing it all the time now because they've seen it demonstrated. And so growing up in little town of rural Maryland and coming across the country and seeing all these people that had like like I remember I seen I could count on my left hand how many supercars I seen in Maryland. How many supercars, how many luxury cars, I mean luxury houses, all that I've seen in Maryland. I've probably seen two two or one Lamborghini my entire life before I came over here. And before I came over here, it's been countless. I've seen more in one year, more, you know, almost ten times more in one year than I did in, in, in my entire life back home in Maryland. Same for luxury houses, same for people that are rich, same for beautiful, even blue water. Never seen nothing like it. And so I moved across the country and People around here, like, I seen Tyler the Creator. Like, I literally seen Tyler the Creator sitting on the sidewalk. I'm like, a Grammy Award winning rapper, multimillionaire, so literally sitting here having a conversation on a regular sunny day. Fame, glory, riches, you know, just freedom. It's all around you. Opportunity is all around you. Possibility is all around you. And even when I got here, I felt my mind, like, I felt like the poor town boy when I first got here, like, you know, driving around DoorDash delivery, driving, going to these houses in the hills. I felt like, okay, I'm so poor. Like, I don't even want people to look at me. Like, the way I'm dressed is so awkward. Like, I just felt overwhelmed with all the 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 the, the upscale living that was happening in this city. But as I started to get over that, I'm, like, kind of mind-blown. And I'm, like, when I first got here, I wanted to be what the online gurus taught me to be. I wanted to be a millionaire. I wanted to, you know, have all this money. But when I got here, I wanted to have a Lamborghini. I wouldn't have a Rafe. I remember when I got here driving down Sunset Boulevard for the first time and seeing Lamborghinis and seeing Rafe's and seeing people with money. And I remember feeling like, oh, well, that's kind of a stupid goal. Like, it's kind of common, I guess. Like, 
Like that's the worst case scenario was the first time I thought that. And I started setting my sights higher. Okay, I want to be a billionaire. <laughs> like, you know, what I thought was possible was elevated just because of the energy of the city, just because the vibes of this beautiful place. And so, you know, my mind completely changed. And what I like, like the, what I thought was the maximum potential became very stupid when I got here. It became very dull. It became a worst case scenario. It became an existence that I couldn't even fathom living. Like, oh my God, imagine if you were a millionaire. And I think a lot of it, and so, so back to my original conversation that I was having, I think the environment that you're blooming in has a lot to do with who you become. A lot of people just simply take the shape of their container. You know, there are high flyers in every place and people with, you know, varying degrees of accomplishment everywhere around the world. Of course. Um, I think that has also a lot to do with, you know, how you're built. Sure. But uh, even still with those people, you're influenced significantly by, you know, the culture that you come from. And so when I say a lot of people that come from, you know, that live in these small towns, they don't really, you know, uh, accomplish a lot. They have these bad attitudes and these sunken shoulders and, you know, these kind of dim outlooks of life. And I come over here, and these people in LA, they 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 act and they feel and they resonate with with the world. They're just in a high, they're on a completely different frequency. I think the reason is because they, when since the day they were born, they can go out and see the most beautiful beach in the world right in front of their house. I think it's because they can go down the street and see millionaires all over the place, and they can see celebrities. They've probably seen every celebrity that you can think of since they were kids. And whereas I think somebody on the Joe Rogan podcast says this, there's a hopefulness to LA. Because over here, when you see rock stars on every corner, when your friend growing up was a rock star, being a rock star is really the worst case scenario. It's really the only possibility. Whereas if you've never had that demonstrated, it's not really possible. Your four minute mile in that regard hasn't been broken. I think the difference between people here and where I come from is that the people here are hopeful. Because of this environment has fostered that hope within them. Because they showed them that their wildest dreams were not only possible, but were to be expected. That's really all I have to say for this episode. All right. So Surviving the Cancel Live, hopefully when I get on tomorrow, I actually have a partner to talk to, somebody that you have conversations with, uh, somebody to call into the show, and then we can make a podcast episode together. Okay. So this is Surviving the Cancel Live. Uh, it's going to be live 10 p.m. every single day, um, Pacific time, 10, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so let's get on. Let's have chats and let's make a podcast. So, man, I look forward to hearing from you all. This is Dallas at Surviving the Cancel. And uh, I appreciate you for listening. If you haven't yet, please rate and review this podcast uh, so that we can get this message that hopefully is helping you out, out to people like you all around the world. Please, 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 please. If you're listening to me right now, if you're listening to me right now, this is not just I'm asking you to do this thing. Like, you should really do this thing because it's, it's, it's something that is actually significant to me. Please rate and review this podcast. I would hope that you don't skip over this message because this is something that we need to happen. Please rate and review this podcast. All right. So uh, this is Dallas from Surviving the Cancel. I appreciate you. I'll see you all later. Thank you for listening.